The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thank you for joining us each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, talking about the sport of kings. Derby 135 is in the books, etched in history. And the name of the winner was painted shortly after the official sign was posted. That was pretty cool. Got to see that on TV. I'm sure you did as well. Every derby has special moments, and this one is no exception. But we're going to cover all of that and the weekend in detail coming very, very shortly. What is happening tonight? We're going to recap the big weekend and intro into this weekend. We're going to throw out some winners. We're going to talk about some biggins. That's right. Winning ponies, biggins. Dial them up. Check them out yourself. They don't change. There's a complete history. There's blogs. Very easy to use. Check it out. But first, check out the biggins. See the proof in the pudding. News from the wide, wide, wide world of racing. whole lot of it. Our special guest of the week is veteran rider, in winner of Kentucky Derby 96, yep, 96, Mr. Mike Manganello, one of racing's nice guys. Handicapping for Friday and Saturday, more news with yours truly. Dangerous Dan will not be joining us tonight as he is out of town, probably playing golf. Not a bad idea. Be sure not to attempt to make a bet with him, though. It's a dangerous one. Better than playing horses is a better golfer. But before we get rolling tonight, let me hook you up and take a look at something. That is horseplayerqualified.com. This is where horse players go to qualify for Las Vegas. Friday, May 8th. That's tomorrow. They have a little mini contest where the top five finishers win cash prizes and a free entry into the May 16th Big Bucks Bonanza Contest. You can bet your big bucks that I'm going to be playing in that. I can't wait. But tomorrow's mini-contest, seven contest races in the mini-format, and you can play from home or at work if your boss is not watching, or anywhere you can take your computer. The top finisher is guaranteed a grand. Guaranteed a grand. In a good time indeed, it's only $50 to enter. Check out horseplayerqualified.com. And then if you get to go on to the Big Bucks Bonanza, because on the mini, you can qualify. The top five finishers. Cash prizes, and they're going to get to qualify for the Big Bucks Bonanza, where you get 3000 guaranteed to the winner. It just gets bigger and sweeter. Look them up at horseplayerqualified.com or give them a call at 1-877-600-8676. Talk to my man Kevin. Good guy. Knows racing. Player himself. 
tell the med sent you, and this is the only site that I play on. That's horseplayerqualify.com. Loving it. Loving it. Can't wait for the mini tomorrow. Got it doped out. Nope, I'm not going to tell you either. Not going to tell you who I'm playing. I'm going to qualify for the Big Bucks Bonanza. little recap of last week. Race called the Kentucky Derby Round. Yep. You know, the one we started watching since mm, last Breeders' Cup? We kept waiting for Kentucky Derby winner. Mind that bird will move along to the second jewel of the Triple Crown, the Preakness Stakes, provided he is doing well in his owners and trainers. And that was, according to them, Sunday. That's what they were saying on Sunday. We're going to let the horse tell us that. He's doing good, comes off the race good, and you bet he'll run. But now he's going to run for somebody else. Jess Jackson announced Wednesday that he reached an agreement to purchase Rachel Alexandra, the sensational winner of the Kentucky Oaks last Friday, from Dolph Morrison and Mike Lawfer. Terms of the deal were not disclosed, $10 million. Terms of the deal were not disclosed, $10 million. $10 million is what I'm hearing. But they were not disclosed. That's beautiful. So going into a new owner, actually going to be bred to Curlin down the road. You talk about some super horses, you might have to breed something with wings to catch some of the offspring of Rachel and Curlin. Speaking of a guy with wings, how about the rail bird himself, Calvin Burrell? What he did on Mind That Bird upsets the derby. 50 for your one. How excited was he? It was worth the price of admission. Completes the Oaks Derby double aboard Rachel Alexandra and Mind That Bird. Lights them up at 103.20. That is the biggest payoff since Donna Rail. Kentucky Oaks, the question on Friday. Should Rachel Alexander have run against the Colts in the Derby rather than the Philly and the Oaks? The Oaks was a romp. 20 and a quarter lengths it was booked at, and Burrell's only movements were to check over his shoulders. Did you see him patting her? <laughs> right, right along the neck. is like, oh, baby, look at this. And he was just talking to her as he was holding up the number one sign. Any urging whatsoever. Just a little bit of a hand ride all the way through, and he got a one by 40. She is something special. According to Burrell, she's probably the greatest horse I've ever ridden in my life. Believe me, he's been on a few street sense. Well, the winner of the Derby, to be seen yet. And this filly, who might be the best that I've ever seen in my life. She's Kentucky bred filly by Medaglia de Oro out of the Roar filly Lotta Kim, and she won six of her nine previous starts. Credible running. Credible running. Oaks in the Derby, they are in the books. Got a few quotables here for you. These are really nice. Best quote that had to be censored. Bob Baffert, trainer of runner-up Pioneer of the Nile, describing how his wife Jill first noticed that mind that bird coming up the rail. I was focused on Pioneer of the Nile because he was battling out there. My wife picked up mind that bird on the rail. Now get this. She said, who in the beep is that? And then I heard her say, is that that beeping? Calvin Burrell, Jill, you aptly summed up what most of us were thinking. That's the best quote of the week. Best-looking horse in the post-parade? That had to be Desert Party. Mane was perfect, flesh was taut, and bay coat dappled. Simply stunning. 
sad to hear he suffered an ankle injury in the race. Best reason to retire. Trainer Larry Jones didn't get the fairy tale ending in the Derby he'd hoped for with Friesian Fire, but that doesn't change his reasons for wanting to step away from a game for a while. A while, I say. I got a grandson running around, he said, and today was the fourth time I've seen him, and he's 16 months old. I haven't seen a single grandkid open Christmas presents. We're always with the horses every Christmas day. Cindy and I are with the horses the last 20 years. That is a good reason to retire. Best couple goes to Hal Wiggins, trainer of Super Philly, Rachel Alexander, and his wife, Renee. They've been together for 40 years. Renee still lights up talking about how Hal showed her how to read the daily racing form on their first date. Runner-up, Larry and Cindy Jones, and Bob and Jill Baffert. How could you not love Jill for what she had to say? I loved it. Best show of resiliency, going through the headache and the heartache of having to scratch I Want Revenge the morning of the Kentucky Derby. Co-owner David Lanceman and trainer Jeff Mullins showed up in the paddock before the race and handled a slew of well-wishers who came up to offer condolences. Lanceman then proceeded to take a giant placard that was supposed to designate I Want Revenge stall in the paddock and held it up for fans to see as he made his way through the tunnel before the race. Best show of resiliency, big weekend, always is. You know what it's time to talk about? It is time to talk about some biggins. Let's go to Friday, May 1, 2009, 96 total biggins. Ringing the bell was Prairie Meadows in race number three, a superfecta, $14,840.60. Not a bad day's work at the office. And then we have a bevy, which means a whole lot. Saturday, May 2nd, 2009, 191 total biggins. Capping the class, Fairmount Park, race number 10, a superfecta key, 22,786.80. Right behind Turf Paradise, race number eight, a superfect to 18,807.60. Not a bad day at work, I say. Sunday, May 3rd, 98 total biggins. Leading the class, Hastings Park, race number two, a superfect to 5,174.60. That's pretty sweet. Monday, May 4th, only 15 total. 15 total on a Monday. There's not that many tracks running. But Winning Ponies digs in and comes out of Delaware Park in race number five, the superfecta. $774.40. Tuesday, May 5th, 2009, 29 total biggins. River Downs, race number five, a superfecta, $2,070.40. Wednesday, May 6th, 53 total biggins. King of the Class, Delaware Park, race number six, a superfecta key, $5,749.40. Today, May 7th, 2009, 29 total biggins. Sun Ray Park. Winning honors, Superfecta, 905 schmoleons. Talk about sweet. That is really nice right before the weekend. So we talked about the biggins. We're talking a little bit of news. I love the quotables here. I mean, it, that has really just caught my eye. You know, there's a couple other ones that, uh, you know, also kind of caught my eye, but I said, eh, should I put them down or not? Yes. Best effort despite a meltdown goes to Papa Clem for having a tantrum. That would put a toddler to shame during the post-parade and still pulled it together to finish a solid fourth in the Derby in a three-horse battle. Three-horse battle with Pioneer of the Nile and Musket Man. Pretty incredible. Papa Clem, very versatile runner there. Best legend in the making, Rachel Alexandra. Enough said. Best reasoning, foreshadowing, Trainer D. Wayne Lucas describing why he was taking a shot with the three Phillies in the Kentucky Oaks 
against overwhelming favorite and eventual winner, Rachel Alexandra? It's the Oaks. It's a career-making race in a lot of ways. When you ask owners to put up substantial amount of money, you need to give them the opportunity to give them residual value. If we could run second or third or even fourth, put that on a Phillies resume. When she goes to the broodmare event, it is very significant. Sure enough, Lucas managed to snag that coveted second-place finish with Stone Legacy. Those are your quotes. Touching on the Derby, touching on the Biggins. A little bit of a recap. It's time to head out to our first break, and we return. We will be talking with this week's special guest, veteran rider, derby-winning rider, Mr. Mike Manganiello. So be sure to stay tuned for more Winning Pony. And I buy the bar, double round the crown, and everybody's getting down in this town. Your internet flagship station for sports. America Sports. Beauty, freedom, country, family. They're the values that make America strong and what our armed forces are fighting to defend. While many talk about these ideals without action, they are just empty words. If you think America's military families deserve more, log on to thanksusa.org. It's a great way to thank our troops and give military families the gift of education. Thanksusa.org. Scholarships for America's military families. You can make a difference. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neill. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. He's still out. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking the time to be with us, Talking Horses. Just during this segment, we have our special guest of the week, and Winnie Ponis is honored to have on veteran rider, winner of Kentucky Derby 96, and one of racing's nice guys, Mr. Mike Manganello. Good evening, Mike. How you doing? All right, Ed. How are you? I'm very good, sir. Hey, thanks so much for holding, and, and thanks for time for joining us this evening. I really appreciate it. That's my pleasure. Well, thank you, sir. Mike, it's uh, been a little while since you've been to the Derby Winter Circle. Could you tell our listeners how you got started in racing? Well, I got started in racing. I was uh, introduced to a trainer uh, uh, by the name of Odie Clullen, who had a reputation of turning out riders, uh, and very good riders, in fact. He turned out Chris McCarran, for one. And uh, I started working for him, started from the ground, walking horses, rubbing horses, and eventually galloping horses. 
And uh, then finally he let me ride uh, my first race, and that was in 1959. And how many times did it take you to break your maiden? Uh, I click, I'd say maybe 25 or 30 times. He used to put me on horses just to get me a feel of what it's like to be in a race. They didn't have a whole lot of shot, but he wanted to see what I could do with them and how I handled being in a race. And when he thought I was ready, he put me on horses that were a little bit better. And eventually I broke my maiden in, in uh, 1960, March 3rd of 1960. Ah, the date rings a bell right to you. I like that. Yes, it does. <laughs> You know, Mike, you brought up a really good point about, you know, you cut your teeth from the from the ground up. You walk them, you rub them, you did everything. There, there's a lot of riders now that just kind of show up. I mean, we have we have so many riders that are blessed to actually go on to uh, riding academies, such as you mentioned Chris McCarron, who's actually right. running one in Lexington. And, uh, and there's uh, in Puerto Rico and, and Peru, they're, they're also turning out some riders. But you went the, in the time, it was the only route you went the long way around the barn because, you know what, I think, in my opinion, that makes a full-range rider. You know everything from the ground up. Yes, you do. You learn a lot about the horses that, that, that you're going to eventually be riding, and you learn all their habits and the ways about them. It's a, good, it's a great experience. I mean, everybody ought to, be, ought to have to go through uh, you know, learning every, a little bit of everything about a horse before you get on them. And uh, basically, that's what uh, Chris McCarran's school does in Lexington. You know, he he actually came up to River Downs and he schooled one of his uh, one of his students to the gate. I had the opportunity actually to speak with him on this show and the opportunity to meet him in person. I have to say, I was a little starstruck. One of the nicest guys in racing. He, he, he is a great fellow. It truly is. Back to 1970, Kentucky Derby 96. It was a big year. Not only did you take down the world's most coveted race, but history was made in that year. It was the first female to ride, Diane Crump. Do you remember any part of that being uh, being in the news? Well, other than she, she got a lot of publicity, and, and rightfully so. And uh, But uh, as far as uh, where she was in the race, I, I really couldn't tell you where she was in the race. I think she finished up 15th. You know, but it, it was the it was the gal's first uh, time, and they kind of broke the glass ceiling. And you know, there's been plenty of fine uh, young ladies that have done very, very well. Matter of fact, a few weeks ago, we spoke to Chantel Sutherland, who was riding in Southern California, and then made her way back to Woodbine. And I think she's going to be something special. And she alluded back to her mentors, Julie Crone. So, and then we had Patty Cooksey in, in Cooksey. the list, Donna Barton. The list Thank goes on and on. Yes, it does. And, you know, we're very proud, and uh, the, the uh, gals have really done themselves proud. In addition to the Derby, Dust Commanders, who you won the 1970 Derby with, you were bored in the Bluegrass as well? Uh, myself, you're talking about? Yes, sir. Did you ride the Bluegrass? Oh, yes, I did. I rode the Bluegrass, and, and I won the Bluegrass. Yes, I, I didn't know if you were aboard. All that I had was in my notes here that, you, uh, that he actually scored in the Bluegrass. Was it at that time that you knew you had something special? Uh, well, actually, a couple races prior to that. He run three times at Keeneland. He run an allowance race, uh, two allowance races, in fact, and he, he won the one just before the Bluegrass. And, and that race there, uh, he showed me that he had a lot of guts and he had a lot of ability. And, and so, therefore, when we run in the Bluegrass and win, and I, I was really excited about my chances of winning. Of course, you know, a race like that, there's a lot of things can happen, so, you know, you don't take a lot of things for granted, but I really thought he had a good chance. There are so many preps now, but the Bluegrass had even something more special to it then. 
and in even race years before that, uh, I can remember when I first started watching races, and my father actually uh, had the radio on. We'd listen to Keeneland's Race of the Day for the Bluegrass. That was always something very special because so many Derby winners have actually uh, cut their teeth in the Bluegrass at Keeneland and then made their way a few weeks later over to the Derby. Mike, in my opinion, the family of the late under, and that be Robert Lehman, donated Dust Commander's Trophy to the museum. I thought that was pretty neat. Yes, I was. It was very generous of them to do that because it's a cherished uh, award. Oh, I, so many people would love to have it. You know, the biggest part about it, it could have been sold for to whatever price, but, but actually it's priceless. So many people were able actually to see it, and I'm sure that, you know, you, you, you swing down Churchill's way that you may have seen it a time or two. If not, maybe you should, just to kind of say, hey, that was me there. And, Mike, I have to ask you, you met, you'd made mention of someone that actually got you started who actually made riders. Was there the big mouth that actually got you on your way? Uh, not real. I mean, just, just a number of horses that I rode, a good horses that I rode that just over, you know, that, that, that won for me. And it just, as I continued on winning, it just, you know, picked other people's heads up about, you know, that I was, you know, had, had a little ability and uh, they were willing to put me on horses that they had that could run. And, and, and I just uh, showed them what I could do. You know, speaking of a little bit of ability, now correct me if I'm wrong, and, you know, according to my mom, I'm wrong a whole lot, and, and I have been since a little kid. Now, there was a runner by the name of Cannon Dancer who ran at River Downs. Do you remember the guy that rode him? Yeah, I sure do. That, that, uh, that was me. <laughs> that, that was one of the last that I, I, that I really remember of seeing you ply your trade. Is that right? Yeah, he won. He won the cradle that day, and uh, he he's on a really, really good. He was a pretty nice horse, but he had his problems, and uh, uh, you know they shortened his uh, racing career. Uh, some of the good ones, uh, they just don't last as long. They're sometimes they're just like uh, shooting stars. Uh, some go a little further. Some uh, some just uh, sparkle, and they give us what they've got. Mike, since you've hung up your boots, what have you been doing since racing? Well, uh, when I quit riding, I, I wound up getting a job as a, uh, a racing steward in, in Texas. And uh, I worked down there several years and then uh, came up this way to, you know, to Ohio and, and Kentucky, and, and I've been working as a steward uh, ever since. You know, as a steward, people refer to as the eye in the sky, the stews, the judges. When you're watching the race, what are you, what are you mainly watching for? Uh, watching with some kind of irregularities, you know, horses having to suddenly have to be uh, uh, stopped or pulled up for any infractions that may happen during the race to make sure it was a clean run race. So many people, you know, they know that they're stewards. They've heard of the stewards and the read your name in the program, you know, and you'll see a lot of retired riders, which I'm glad to see that, you know, that they, they're still in the sport, and I'm glad to see you each and every day as you come rolling up, and uh, you're one of the best-dressed guys up there, I have to say. And uh, as I see you come rolling in, I think it's a great, who better than to be that watchful eye in the sky, big brother per se, the watching than somebody that you know when somebody's in tight and you know when somebody's giving a little bit of an acting job. Well, yeah, that, that's some of the things, because you probably have done things like that yourself at some point, you know, and so you, you, you could recognize it right away. As having the final say when the races, when the riders are called before the stews, tell us about what going to the movies means. Well, we reviewed a film from what we thought we saw the day before, and we go over it with, with the riders, and we show them if they're coming 
you know, close to uh, riding a little rough or riding a little careless. We like to bring their attention to us, so it makes them, you know, be more aware of uh, some of the mistakes they could be making out there, and it corrects them. Or if uh, they happen to have their number taken down uh, and disqualified, we have the movies the following day, and there may or may not be some disciplinary action taken, depending on the effort the rider made as far as keeping the horse uh, running straight. You know, I, I don't think there's a better group of guys than when you have riders actually working as stewards, giving advice, especially, it, as you said, corrective action may have to be taken. That's part of the game. But who better than to have advice than from riders that have actually cut their teeth rather than, say, if I went through the, went through the schooling but yet I'd never been there. It'd be like uh, a baseball coach that had never played before. I would rather listen to someone and, and heed their advice that had actually been in that same position that I was tied up at the quarter pole. Right. Well, you have, like I say, you have a little better insight as to what could be happening in the race, what could be going through the rider's mind and some of the things you can or cannot do. And I, I've, I've worked in several different uh, steward stands at different racetracks, and uh, this, is, this is by far the best uh, steward stand I've, I've, I've worked in. Mike, final question for you. Many riders out there, young ones, you're on the Ohio circuit now, there's some young riders out there. What advice would you give an up-and-coming rider? It's keep, keep pushing. Don't give up? Don't, don't ever give up. Just, just keep persevering, and, and you, you will eventually get to where you want to go. Mike, I think those words uh, should be etched on the wall of the jockey's room right right above when they come out, just like they do in Notre Dame and they jump up and they, they tap on the uh, play like a champion today. I think they should be etched above the jockey's room uh, door on their way out the door and, and, and to kind of remind the riders actually before they uh, they get the mount up. Mike, I'd like to thank you for your time. Winning Ponies would really like to thank you for enlightening our listeners, letting them know what it was like as a rider, especially as a steward, because so many people don't know the job. And, and what goes on behind the scenes. And we'd like to wish you best of luck, and I'll see you at the races. Okay, Ed, I thank you. Thank you, Mike. That's been Mike Manganello, one of the gentlemen of the game, one of the 1970 Kentucky Derby. Stewart, he'd name it, he's done it, kind of like it. I mean, Mike is uh, kind of a laid-back kind of fella. I have to tell you, he's one of the most sharp-dressed men in the game. Really enjoyed listening to what he had to say. You know, when he talked about the riders actually, uh, actually, uh, you know, paying heed and listening and just don't give up. I think there's so many young riders out there that may get discouraged. You know, weight may be an issue, or or they may not may not be riding to the level that they want to ride at that point. But those words, simply put, I think can be heeded by one and all, even outside of the sport of racing. Well, it's time to head out to another break. When we return, we're going to be talking more horses, talking some winners, talking some news. So stay tuned for more Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Are you a wildfire survivor? Do you need help but don't know where to turn? 
SoCalHelp.org is a place you can go to get immediate help with food, shelter, important medications, and start getting your life back on track. Get help now with insurance, legal issues, and find professional help like doctors and counselors. You can also connect with other survivors and people who can help. For the answers and support you need to rebuild, visit SoCalHelp.org. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking the time to join us each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, depending on which side of the coast you live on. So we've kind of touched on just a gentle bit of the recap. We talked about Biggins. We had Mr. Mike Manganiello on. Nice guy. Winner of Derby 96. We just watched Derby 135. Kind of takes you back a bit. Yep, I even remember it. Just wanted to kind of throw that out there. And then if you don't remember it, you can always catch it on YouTube. They are great about putting up all the old archived races. Pretty cool stuff. You know, big weekend last week, and it wouldn't do it justice just to mention one or two runners. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go down the Oaks and Derby Stakes card. May 1st, 2009, race number six was the Aegon Turf Sprint, a great three event for $100,000. Winner goes to Chamberlain Bridge, gets up by a dirty neck. Bumped four wide at the quarter. Paul Chamberlain Bridge bumped after the start by due date. Recovered to be forwardly placed. Came out four wide on the turn and closed very well to be up in time under Garrett Gomez. Brett Calhoun, the trainer. More management OLC, the owners. Paying 560. Chamberlain Bridge, very nice indeed. Packing 124 pounds, spotting the weight. Mm, six pounds to everybody else. Not too shabby. Race number seven, the Louisville Distaff Stakes, grade two, $350,000 up for grab. Miss Azella Calvin Borrell, and I say Borrell because he loves the rail, gets up by a length and three quarters at eight to one, almost nine to one, bullied through at the 316. Can you believe that, him bullying up the rail? Gosh, that, that, that's amazing. Beats one Caroline, the overwhelming favorite, who ran second, who came in at the 316th. Miss Azella reserved early along the inside, moved to contentions after the half, tracked the leader, and bullied her way through the midstretch. Man, I'm surprised Calvin would come off that rail like that. 
Race number eight, the Edgewood Stakes, Philly three-year-olds. A mile and a sixteenth on the turf, a hundred grand up for grabs. La Ra, Edgar Prado goes to work. Flag fall to that's all. Wins by a length and a quarter, three wide early. Lasted, heck, I think La was just patiently lasted. The track was actually good. So, I mean, it, it rained from Thursday on. It didn't pour down rain, but it just stayed nasty. La winning Edgar Prado, paying 740 for John Terranova. Very nice race indeed. Beat the favorite magical affair with Julian Le Peru, who ran second. You could always box him up with the chalkster. Race number nine, the Alley Sheba Gray, three a mile and a sixteenth on the dirt, 150 up for grabs. Bulls Bay, Jeremy Rose is the winning rider, paying 840 for Graham Motion. Very nice win indeed, paying 840. Wins by three quarters of a length. Came along the inside, came off the rail, challenged in mid-stretch, and proved the best. Beats Cool Coleman, Johnny V. But that was a long walk back to the jocks room for Johnny V that day. American Turf, grade three, mile and 16th on the turf, 150 up for grabs. Orthodox lights up the board, 45 to 1 by three quarters of length, paying 93.20. John Glenny is the trainer. John Kenton Court, you know him from jockeys. And you loved him in Ellis, you loved him in Southern California, and they loved him in the winter circle that day, paying ninety three twenty. Beat Battle of Hastings, Stormalory, the favorite Ease Lame, I believe, believe, had to be euthanized. I hope that I'm wrong on that one. Had to be euthanized, Stormalory. Then we go on to the Kentucky Oaks grade one for Phillies three year olds. Wow. A mile and eight, five hundred thousand dollars. I look at it and I can't believe it. Rachel Alexandra stalks just off second on her own very easily. 20 and a quarter links the best over Stone Legacy. Calvin Borrell. Calvin Borrell is not afraid of the rail. Paying 260, 220, and 210. Exacto paid 45 bucks. The Tri, 15160. The Superfecta, $431.60. Pick three, six fifty two. The fifty cent pick four, eight oh one and five cents. Not bad for having a one to five shot out there. Trained by Hal Wiggins. Was trained by Hal Wiggins. Rachel Alexandra now goes to a new barn. That is Oaks Day, all summed up. Then we go into Kentucky Derby Day. Churchill Downs, grade two and race number six, seven furlongs on the dirt, two hundred fifty thousand up for grabs. A credit Julian Le Peru. Goes to the lead and doesn't look back. It's a sloppy sealed track that usually favors the speed, and boy, did it ever there. Julian Leperu paying ten sixty for Mike Maker and Ken and Sarah Ramsey. Names that you always see, and actually they tortured, tortured Turfway this year, tortured Churchill last year. What a tandem these three, owner, trainer, rider, make. Race number seven, the eight bells, a grade three, six and a half on the dirt, 100 up for grab. Four gifts, Sean Bridgman wins by three. Altered course at the 316s. Angled in the initial furlong when close up, rated right behind the leaders on the turn. Angled out to go around, auspicious, and then had to maintain that path. And when blocked in attempting to split the leaders, drew clear. Sean Bridgman, Steve Asmussen. These guys are no stranger to the winter circle and no stranger 
to working with each other. Four gifts paying nine sixty over just Jenda. Warrior made up for third. That takes us up to race number eight, Churchill Distaff, Turf Mile, grade two. Mile on the turf, 200,000 up for grab. And we have the three, Tis Queena, Jamie Terrio, or as my friends call him, Jamie the Riot. Wins by three quarters of a length, tenaciously off the rail, paying 1980. Michael Stidham was the trainer. 1980, 860, and 520 over Dawn after Dawn. Tis relaxed while prompting the pace while inside the leader, but off the inside, challenged, and he earns right before the half. Took off, gone, and holds off to win with Jamie the Riot. Race number nine, Humana Distaff, grade one, 300,000 up for grab. Informed decision, Julian Le Peru once again coming off the pace with a sloppy sealed track. Steadied and blocked and weaved. This guy could make his way through a mouse hole. Julian Le Peru, one of the best in the saddle, beats Game Face. The overwhelming favorite who drifted in at the eighth pole was not was not going to be her day. Informed decision paying eight forty, four eighty, and three forty. Trained by Jonathan Shepard, known for his turf ability. He said I'll take it to the dirt. I'll take it to the slop. I'll take it wherever you want it. Race number 10, the Woodford Reserve Classic, grade number one. A mile and an eighth on the turf, 500,000 up for grabs. Einstein, the Brazilian bred Julian Le Peru. We've heard this name before. Lays off the pace on a good turf course, and they did a tremendous job in getting that ready at Churchill. Six wide at the quarter pole, driving Moved well on the course on the backstretch, angled out to split rivals. Three furlongs to go, went six wide, entering the stretch, challenged an upper stretch, and proved nearly the best over Cowboy Cal Johnny Velasquez. Once again, was the bridesmaid. Einstein Payne, 560, 360, 280. Cowboy Cal was second. Court Vision was third. Helen Pitts, winning trainer for Midnight Cry Stable. Impressive run indeed for Einstein. And then we go on to the race itself, race number 11, Kentucky Derby, presented by Yum Brands, a grade one, a mile and a quarter on the dirt, $2 million guaranteed, lighting up the board, mind that bird and Calvin Burrell, paying $103.20, $54 to place, $25.80 to show them, Pioneer of the Nile was battling, look game at the top of the lane, by a nose over Musket Man, running fourth was Papa Clem. But mind that bird just looked the best. I mean, coming up the rail, kind of weaved in and out, broke from the eight hole. And historically, the eight hole, this was brought up to me by a young lady that told me that the eight hole was the hole to be in. I went back and looked through history. She was right. There's been at least a third of them out of the seven and eight hole. Quarter pole, 19th, half pole, 19th, three-quarter, 19th, a mile into the race, 12th by a half, and the stretch already had the lead by a length, finished six and three-quarters the best. Running down the field, mind that bird. Then we come back to Pioneer of the Nile, Musket Man, Abarcoa, Papa Clem, Rafael Bejarano was fourth, Chocolate Candy, Mike Smith was fifth, Summerbird, Chris Rozier was sixth, joined in the desk, Chris Carlos seventh, Regal Ransom, Alan Garcia was eighth. Westside Bernie, Stuart Elliott, ninth by two lengths. General Quarters, Julian Le Peru for Mr. McCarthy, tenth 
by a length and a quarter. The general quarters would tie it up as many did. Dunkirk, Edgar Prado, 11th by a length and a half. Hold me back, Kent DeSormo, 12th by half a length. Advice, Renee Douglas in the Irons, 13th by three quarters of a length. Desert Party, Ramon Dominguez, looked the best on the track, but not in, down the stretch. 14th by a length and a quarter. Mr. Hotstuff, the three. John Velasquez, 15th by eight and a half lengths behind Desert Party. Then Atomic Rain, Joe Bravo, 16th by three and a half lengths behind Hot Stuff. Nowhere to hide out of the 18, always Sean Bridgman, 17th by seven and a half lengths. Frisian Fire with Gabriel Saez, 18th by a length and a quarter. Bumped and squeezed and was the almost four to one favorite. Finishing out the field, number 20, Flying Private, Robbie Alvarado in the saddle, 19th, five wide and stopped. $2 pick three, 2009.05. The Oakswood Derby wager, $831.60. The 50 cent pick for $10,221.15. The Oaks Derby double, ridden by Kevin Borrell. $248.40. Loving that. Loving that. Listen to the future book wagers here. Exact to pool, number two, 256.80. Exact to pool three, 554.60. Future book wager, one through 24, 580, because actually, mind that bird was when in all the others. Pool number two, 1180. Pool number three, 3680. The Superfecta. $557,000. Incredible. Derby 135 in the books. It is time to press on and make our way into the winner's circle for the weekend. So we're going to be picking some winners. We're going to be dealing some prices. You're only going to get it. Stay tuned here Money Pony. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. Over there, over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, <laughs> she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn, so follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, <laughs> no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. <laughs> Turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at bornlearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deeper. 
with 2.8 seconds left. To left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. If I had a and welcome back to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thank you for joining us for the final furlong. That's where we do some handicapping. But I have a touch more news just to kind of throw out there. Nope, I'm not trying to get a job on a news station here. I don't think that... Uh, I think I have more of the face for radio. I want revenge. Injury more serious. Injury kept him out of the May 2nd Derby. And right front ankle, once considered mild, progressed over the weekend. Looking a little tougher. Could be career-ending. For I want revenge. Scratching the Derby Fair the day of the race is the first in 60 years. 60 years. So that's not something that happens all the time. Had to be a tough decision. Desert Party is going to have a bone chip removed. Sideline for a while in his chip in his front, left front ankle. Sideline indefinitely. Three-year-old Colt owned by Sheikh Mohammed's Godolphin finished 14th. Nothing expected very soon. They're not going to rush Desert Party at all. Looks like a million bucks to me. Quality road, a no-go for the Brigness. Force missed the Derby due to a quarter crack, and the right front foot is yet to return to the track. It will not be ready to run into Preakness on May 16th. They thought of it getting back to training early enough, they wouldn't rule the Belmont out, but he's got to be going pretty quick for sure, according to trainer Jimmy Jerkins. Who better to know than son of the giant killer? All right, let's do some handicapping for the weekend. Let's see if we can light it up. But first, I want you to take a look at the blogs if you get a chance. Everybody's starting to complain. Oh, I don't have a bankroll. I can't get going. I gave you a little $50 startup bankroll there, and all you're looking for is one to twos. But I'm going to let you look at the blogs, and you, you tell me what you think. I was reading, kind of going along with it, kind of makes some sense. Okay, let's kick off the weekend. We're going to do some power play handicapping here. And we're going to start at Arlington in the sixth race. It's a mile and the 16th on the turf at Arlington. I like the one Southern Anthem here. James Graham, the rider for Trainer Jeffrey Thornberry, three off of a layoff. Actually, three off of a layoff. Make that last race the grade three Transylvania. Winner Storm Allory, who actually ran this past weekend and had to be eased and possibly euthanized. Three-year-old gelded son of Royal Anthem. Dam was a winner. Five starters she thrown. Four of those winners. One of them's a stake winner. I love Southern Anthem along the rail. James Graham does well in Chicago. For Jeff Thornberry, they do well. And Graham is a 40% in the money turf rider. So six rates in Arlington. I like the one Southern Anthem. Eighth race in Arlington. Mile and 16th on the turf. I am going to go to number six in this heat. And that'd be Graham Play. James Graham again for Jeff Thornberry. Sound familiar? First on the grass, Thornberry wins 25%, 36% in the money. Second off of a layoff from Keeneland against Reddy's Echo. He's a 38% in the money trainer. Second race 
on the route, he's a 36% winner. Kind of like grand play. You're getting 6-1. to one. Had a bullet work on May 3rd at Keeneland over the poly. Poly keeps him nice and tight. And then we're going to go on to race number nine at Arlington. Six furlongs, a nice allowance race. This is best bet of the day. That is number eight, Wild, <laughs> Wildy Southern Boy, Renee Douglas and Hugh Robertson. They're teaming up together. They're only winning 40% the last 60 days and 60% in the money. Third start off of a layoff. Comes out of an Illinois-bred race at uh, for Illinois-breds at Hawthorne. Hawthorne has been the uh, the place where many winners have come from. Beaten favorite last time out. You're getting 3-1. to one. You get 3-1. to one. Bet early and bet often. That's the ninth race at Arlington, number eight, Wildy Southern Boy. Then the tenth race at Arlington, kind of like two horses, and they need a they need an exacta box here. That is the two telling Renee Douglas for Steve Hobby, who's actually three for three at Arlington Park. And on the turf, six for six. This is a fifty thousand dollar Chester house. If Derby Dan, Dangerous Dan, Golfing Dan was aboard, he'd be telling you how much he loves Chester House. Telling us three to one with Renee Douglas. Need to box it up with Tiger Woodman, James Graham, and George Rusty Arnold, who conquers Keeneland. The dam of Tiger Woodman has thrown out six turf winners. Other than that, 11 starters, 10 of those winners, and three stakes winners. This is a nice seven-year-old gelding by Woodman here. George Arnold just exits a victory out of Keeneland. I've said it in the past, he goes for two meets, Keeneland and he also goes for Gulfstream. But he can win at Arlington as well. All right, let's go to Belmont. Race number three, seven furlongs. I'm going to go to the seven. And the reason I'm going to go to the seven, because January Janet, two to one, and Garrett Gomez and Richard Dutro, second, off the layoff, go back, and you see nothing but great races. This is a solid gelding here by Wiseman's Ferry. I, I really like the way that... That he looks and uh, second off the layoff is the answer for me. If you get two to one on Garrett Gomez, you better take it and run. Fourth race at Belmont. They're expecting some rain. It's been pretty nasty up there. Been really nasty, matter of fact. And it's been kind of a sloppy sealed track, and they've been trying to harrow it, open it up, and let the uh, wind and the sun. So I'm going to take a main track only horse. I think they're going to pull it off. And I say. Super Shape, who's got blistering speed for Richard Dutrow. Dam was a stakes winner, and none of those were turf winners. So I think they're looking for this five-year-old gelding by American Chance to actually get get his chance on the main course. From $60,000 claiming down to 35000 Turf, no problem. I think this runner was looking for the, maybe not the slop, but, but, but for a good track, I think Belmont has the ability, Big Sandy has the ability to dry out very nicely. Today, it looks like they were just trying to do a yeoman's task, a yeoman's work to really to get it into shape for the weekend. The track was, was trying to dry out. They opened it up, they harrowed it, and they let the wind and sun. You'll see a sloppy track go to a muddy track, to a good track, and hopefully to a fast track. I'm playing because I'm looking at rain in the forecast here. In the, in the races that I'm handicapping, a lot of them are turf races. On to race number six. In the sixth race, also on the turf, 
I'm going to go to the 12, who is a main track only runner. That is Thunder Roar, 4 to 1. Johnny Kimmel winning 67%. Second start off of a layoff. Go back three races ago, running against Hainesfield, the New York bred who was on fire and looking good. Love Thunder Roar, second off the layoff. I think is very, very nice. Then we're going to end up in the ninth race at Belmont. That is the mile and an eighth. Peter Pan, a grade two, $200,000 for three-year-olds. A lot of runners that, you know, ducked the derby that weren't quite the caliber. Actually, the Peter Pan is a nice race. I'm going to go to number six in here. Number six turns out to be Imperial Council. Edgar Prado for Shug McGahee, the train, uh, they team up together. They've only won 30% the last 60 days and 90% in the money. Those are some incredible numbers. Listen to the last two races. I want revenge. Westside Bernie, just a coincidence. I want revenge. He actually ran second in the Gotham, was trying to close, made a strong move. Imperial Council 2-1 to one with Edgar Prado and Shug McGahee. I think that they really looked the part. I think you're going to want to use uh, Garrett Gomez and Hello, Hello Broadway underneath, with Barkley Tag underneath for second. And then I think you're going to want to go way up to the outside with Al, Kali, Todd Pletcher, and Johnny Velasquez. They're teaming up together, and you're seeing a lot of speed by this three-year-old Colt by Medaglia Dior. But I love Imperial Council and the Peter Pan at the Six Horse in the ninth race, the Peter Pan Stakes. Well, time flies when you're talking thoroughbred racing. Ponies would like to thank our special guest, Mike Manganello for being a wonderful guest of the week. And we missed our good man, Dangerous Dan. He's out of town. And until next week, may your winners be many, your photos be few. Good luck, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.